now serving F-27 at DMV window number 16. Okay, Rose, we're second in line. Perfect, Rose. You remembered the birth certificate? Yes, and we have our electric bill. Excellent. We'll be Real ID ready in no time. Real ID ready to visit our grandson, Ricky, at Fort Bragg, then fly to New Orleans for Jazz Fest. Pardon me, are you talking to yourself? <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess I am. Talk yourself into Real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash Real ID. I've got money wherever I go. I see money beginning to grow. Well, the world keeps turning. Are you having doubts if your current advisor has enough experience to manage your money? Or maybe you came into sudden money because of retirement, divorce, or proceeds from a life insurance policy. Do you know what to do? WGY's financial analyst, Stephen Boucher, has been counseling clients for over 30 years and is founder of Boucher Financial Group, a wealth management firm located in historic downtown Troy and Saratoga Springs. Steve has built a firm of 10 professionals, including five certified financial planners, two certified public accountants, one accredited investment fiduciary, and one chartered financial analyst. Now this is expertise you can trust. Listen to Steve's weekly commentary every Wednesday morning with Chuck and Kelly here on WGY. You only get one opportunity to retire, and if you aren't prepared, you can't go back and make up for it. The phone lines are open. 800-TALK-WGY. That's 800 825-5949. And here is one of the country's premier financial experts. Money, money, money. Stephen Boucher. Money, money, money. Money, money, money. Hello! And welcome on this beautiful, gorgeous last Saturday of the summer. Almost. One more week, right? Labor Day's next week. How 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 did this summer go by so fast? Please slow it down, slow it down, especially with days like today. And I thank you for taking time out of your day because I know just how beautiful it is outside. So for you to take time out, tune in, listen, I can't thank you enough. I truly appreciate it. It makes coming here week in, week out so worth it. And I've been coming here now since 1995. And people ask me, do you ever get tired of it? I said, no. Absolutely not. I do not get tired of it. So thank you, folks. I hope you enjoy your day. It's Traverse Day, big day for anybody who likes horses, horse racing. Even if you don't like horses or horse racing, it's still a pretty exciting day having the Travers later on today, one of the highlights of the summer season, the summer place to be. But let me give out the phone numbers because we had more volatility this week. This is not what investors like, but this is when investors need to stay focused on their portfolio and not make changes that can truly, truly hurt them. Remember, when when an investor says to me, I need to sell, I can't lose any more money, I remind them that they don't lose money until they do sell. Once you sell, you're booking the loss. If you hang in there, the stock market will come back. That's what you have to remember. Shut down all, all avenues of, of information coming from financial news so that you forget that you own stocks during weeks like this or days like yesterday. So let me give out the phone numbers because if you have any questions whatsoever with your portfolio, somebody's selling you an annuity, mutual fund with high commissions, whatever whatever questions you have, folks. Our phone numbers today, 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 1-800-825-5949. Any questions whatsoever, I would love to talk to you. So how about the week? You know, let me cut to the chase. The, you know, when, when, when you put it into perspective, the markets are up year to date. The last three weeks, four weeks have not been fun being invested. Basically, the month of August stinks from an investment standpoint. You know, the the S&P was down 1.5% this week, NASDAQ 1.8%. When you look at the, at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, 
You know, on Monday we were up 250 points. Felt good. Tuesday we gave back 174 points. Wednesday we were up 240 points. Thursday we were up 50 points. Friday we were down 623 points. If that's not volatility, nothing is. And for the week, the Dow was was down just 1%, let's say, 0.99% to be exact. And the whole week was supposed to be about this, this um, you know, the Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell and so many economists and other leaders are out in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Every year they go out there for this retreat. And that's what we were all focused on. And, you know, up until... Friday morning, it looked good. And even when Jay Powell spoke, the markets took it in okay. And then we had President Trump and President um, Xi Jinping. Um, Basically, they decided to just completely change the emotions from investors. And on Friday morning, when China announced new tariffs on $75 billion of U.S. goods, penalties on U.S. cars. You know, the market actually, it was, it was okay. We were in the red a little bit. Um, it was okay. Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell, you know, basically the Fed will act as appropriate to sustain the expansion. Basically, in a nutshell, more than likely when they meet on the 17th, 18th of September, you'll probably see another quarter point cut. I don't think you're going to see a half a point cut because then President Trump will be able to tweet saying they should have done that before. Maybe they should have. We know one thing for certain. They shouldn't have raised interest rates as much as they did last year. Let's call it a rookie mistake. Jay Powell was brand new to the Federal Reserve Board as chairman. So maybe, maybe he, he just got caught up or maybe he had information that he felt was prudent for them to hike rates like they did. Well, now we know we're cutting rates and that's the first time in over 10 years. So more than likely, you'll see another rate cut. And this is crazy, folks. I mean, nobody expected this. Nobody, nobody whatsoever expected these rate cuts. I mean, we thought we were going to get three rate hikes this year. Going into next year, we needed to slow down this economy. Well, now we're worried about the economy. Now the economy is slowing down all by itself. Tariffs are hurting. No matter what anybody says, they are hurting. How can they not? Especially after President Trump's tweet after the markets close. So it'll be interesting to see how. Thank God we had the weekend for investors and or all around the world to digest President Trump's latest tweets. And by Monday morning, folks, who knows how many more tweets this president will send out. But right now we're really truly looking at um, you can see some more volatility going into Monday because now not only is China adding to the tariffs, but President Trump is upping the ante. We're going to have 5% more tariffs. We're going from 10 to 15 and 25 to 30% on all the goods and services that, 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 that we had 10 and 25% tariffs on. Now they're going to be 15 and 30% as of October 1st. Well, that's not going to throw some, um, you know, volatility into the markets. Nothing will. And the markets... I said to somebody last night, I said, I used to say when this trade war would be resolved. Now I say if this trade war would be resolved. Because at this point, I think we're we're, we're in for the long haul. And that doesn't mean investors should sell out of the stock market. You have to remember, the S&P is still up almost 14% year to date. We're only... Less than 6% off the all-time high, folks. So the month of August, we gave back a little bit. But remember what I say, week in, week out, the stock market recovers from everything. There's nothing in history that the stock market hasn't 
recovered from. Worse things than the U.S.-China trade war. Worse. The market has recovered. The market will recover from this 5.9% mini-correction. This August feels like August of 2011 when the markets were down 10%. Did not feel good. But this is what comes with the territory of being invested. And this is why you can't get scared. Enjoy the rest of the summer. You only got another week before Labor Day. Enjoy it. Don't get caught up in all of the noise. 1-800-TALK-WGY. 1-800-825-5949. I'm going to take a 15-second break. Stay with me. Hello and welcome back. Thank you for letting me wet, wet my whistle. Um, 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. I hate to stop the music, Ken. It's good. We got Ken filling in for Zach today. Ken has um, been with the station a long time. Zach's out celebrating his birthday somewhere, right? It's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. And Ken's got a great voice, doesn't he? Go ahead, Ken. Talk again. Thank you, sir. Yeah, there you go. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. So, so for, you know, so Friday we started off China. Hey, I'm going to give you $75 billion, um, more tariffs on $75 billion. Um, Jay Powell on Wednesday sticking to his message. You never know what to read into it, but supposedly we're going to get a rate cut in September, the middle of September. And then you had the president. I mean, think about this. And believe me, the president does a lot of great things, but my only question is, who is our bigger enemy, Jay Powell or Chairman Xi from China? Now, if that's not crazy to be tweeting that out, I mean, Jay Powell's doing his job. He should not be influenced by any president, any administration, by nobody. That's the purpose of the Federal Reserve acting independently and doing what they feel is best for the economy. So I do not agree with President Trump, you know, throwing Jay Powell in the, in the same tweet with Chairman Xi from China, who's the bigger enemy. I, I think that's just a low blow, but let's get beyond that. Um, President Trump also, you know, basically ordered U.S. companies. Now, we can't do this, folks, but he did. He ordered U.S. companies to immediately start looking for an alternative to China. Now, he can't do, he can't make companies do do things, but he's obviously planting a seed. So, on Friday, the Dow down 623 points. Did not feel good. For the week, the Dow was down 257 points just 1% closing at 25,629. At ADP, we understand the importance of building the right team and offer the data insights to help. Just as importantly, our AI technology helps you pay the team accurately. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll. P down 1.4% to close at 2847. NASDAQ down 1.8% to close at 7752. And as I said, we are only 5.9% off the all-time high. That's it, folks. 5.9% with all this volatility, with the markets up and down like they are. And they're big numbers, but the percentages are small. We get caught up in the big numbers. Remember a week ago when the market was down 3% in one day. You know, yesterday the market being down 600 points did not feel good week before when it was down 800 points, I sent an email out to my clients. I called it the 800-pound gorilla. That's what I put in the subject line. I wanted to get my client's attention. And I share with you how this is when I think our value comes in the most with our clients. I communicate often with clients during times of volatility. When people ask me, are your phones ringing off the hook? I can actually say, no, they're not. Very few times do clients call during times of volatility, but I think it's because we are so proactive communicating with our clients. And I've been doing this forever and ever and ever. 
I've been in business now almost 30 years. I've been, I've been doing this ever since I started acting as a fiduciary for clients over um, almost 27 years ago. I've been communicating with my clients often. I feel it's part of my job. It's something that I, that I take pride in. And I, 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 I believe our clients appreciate the communication. I know they do because they tell me, we don't have to call you. We know exactly what you're thinking. And when the markets are going sky high, you know, clients know that things are good. They don't need to hear from me as often as when the markets are going crazy. When the markets are going crazy, that's, that's when I kind of ramp up and do more because I feel that's when clients want to hear from, from us often. So we're only 5.9% below the all-time high. Remember, a true correction is defined when the stock market falls 10%. We're not, we're not even close to that yet. That doesn't mean it might not happen. It's just not happening this week. So we'll see um, what happens. The S&P, as I said, is up 13.6% for the year when you add in the dividend, almost 14.5%. And, you know, Jay Powell, the Federal Reserve Board, you know, with everything going on, We'll see what happens if, if they cut rates again, which I still can't believe is going on. If they cut rates again, then, you know, that's, that's um, a catalyst for the stock market. You know, people come out of bonds where if rates get cut. You know, you look, if you want to tie up your money in the U.S. 10-year Treasury note, why, why would you do that right now for 10 years and get what? 1.52% a year, year in, year out for the next 10 years. I can give you a 2% dividend yield with the S&P 500 index. And 10 years from now, I can almost assure you the S&P 500 index is going to be a whole lot higher than the interest added up for 10 years, yielding 1.52%. But you're going to have more volatility. But over time, that's what happens with the stock market. Now, the good news Folks, go out and borrow money. I can't stress enough. You can get mortgage rates in the mid threes, 15-year mortgage for under, you know, for about 3.3%, under 4%, you can get mortgages. So for first-time home buyers, don't worry about saving up 30, 40% down payment, folks. Go out and buy that house as soon as you can while interest rates are this low. We're approaching the all-time lows of mortgage rates again. I can't believe we're seeing this. I thought we saw this. We'd never see it again. But we're going to see it again, and that's good news for anybody who's looking to borrow money. Go out and borrow money for that house. If you want a house, don't wait till, till you get 30 40% down payment. Put down the least amount you can put down. You have to ask yourself if you can make more than 3.5% by having your money invested, then why put it into a mortgage? I'd rather be making, you know, history shows if you're if you're half in stocks, half in bonds, you're going to earn about 8%. So why? Why take money out of your investment account earning 8% on average, historically speaking, looking in hindsight for the last 90 years? Why take money when it's earning 8%? When you can borrow money at 3.5, 3.6, 3.7, whatever mortgage rate you can get, borrow it. Go out and borrow it. If you've always wanted a second home, go out and get it. You're not going to get money cheaper than this. Although I said it a couple years ago. I'm saying it again. You're not going to get money cheaper than this. I'm not sure how low mortgage rates are going to go, but they're low. They're cheap. Go out and borrow money. Don't feel guilty at these rates. Now, I'm not so sure you should be going out and borrowing money and, you know, spending it foolishly. But, boy, if you, if you have some goals and dreams that you want it to fulfill, do it now if it requires borrowing money. It's also good for businesses to borrow money. How cheap, how low will interest rates go? I hate the word cheap, but I love it when I'm describing low interest rates. I love using the word cheap, and I hate the word cheap. 
but interest rates are cheap. So that's a good news with low interest rates. You can borrow money inexpensively. The bad news is you're just not getting any yield if you're putting your money in a savings account, CDs, bonds. I'm sorry, folks. There's just no better way of putting it. You're just, you know, you're going to take on risk if you want to earn. I always say the safest interest rate out there is the U.S. Treasury note. And if that's yielding 1.52%, that means that's the best you're going to do with no risk. Now, if you want to earn more than 1.52%, you're going to take on risk. If you're okay with taking on risk, it's not a bad thing. I guarantee you, you're going to lose money if you're properly diversified. So take that to the bank. I guarantee you, you're going to lose money. But it's only going to be temporary. And I remind you every week that the stock market recovers, has recovered from every correction, every bear market, every negative headline, every bad thing that can happen in this country and around the globe, the stock market has recovered from it. I don't think that's going to change. So as long as you wait it out, as long as you don't need your money in the next couple of years, having some stocks in the portfolio is okay. With knowing, with me guaranteeing that you're going to lose money. Maybe for a day, maybe for a week, maybe for a month like the month of August where we're down. But we're only down 5.9% from the all-time high. Oil is also down. Oil, you know, $54 a barrel. Gold, boy, gold really has shined. I wish I was a gold bug. We came close to being a gold bug. We might have missed our window of opportunity. Um, gold is up 20% year-to-date, up right now trading at about 15.27 an ounce for gold. Hey, if you got a lot of jewelry, you want to tr- sell it, sell it now. Gold is up. Better to sell it at $1,500 an ounce than $1,100 an ounce. So some people are, why, why do they buy investments like gold and bonds when they're not sure of the economy, U.S. economy and or global economy? They take money out of risky assets like the stock market and they put money in safe havens like gold, like bonds. So there's an inverted relationship between the yield of bonds and the price of bonds. So when Investors are buying bonds. They're driving the price up. When the price of bonds go up, the yield goes down. That's the relationship of bonds. So when you see the yield goes down, that means people are buying bonds, driving the price up. Gold, same thing. There's not any intrinsic value for gold out there, folks. You're not going to get paid a dividend. You're not... There's very little use for gold other than for people hoarding it. Some people wear it as jewelry, especially in countries like India. Huge, huge countries like China and other Pacific Rim countries buy gold as a means of savings. When they give birthday gifts, they're not giving, you know, tangible items that, that get thrown in a drawer or tie a, whatever it may be, they're, they're giving gold. So there's only, I think, the last I looked, about 11% industrial use for gold. So there's no intrinsic value for gold. So the price of gold is basically based on buyers and sellers, the demand for gold, who wants gold. Obviously, people are buying gold, which is why the price of gold is going up because it's, a, it's, it's less risky in their mind. It's a hedge against inflation. It's a safe place to be. And that's why you have people buying gold. They're not buying gold because they're getting a good dividend or, you know, to be honest, they're not sure. There's no quarterly earnings. Uh, there's there's no projections. It's really uh, uh, supply and demand for gold. How many buyers and sellers are there? If you're selling gold, is there a buyer out there? How much will that buyer 
buy your gold for. That's really what it comes down to. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. Any questions you have, any questions whatsoever, we're going to be going into a news break in a few seconds. But the phone lines are open. Ken's in the um, production room, and we'd love to get you up and take your questions. Any questions you have, folks, believe me, if, it, if it's this market volatility, if it's questions on your current portfolio, you have questions on somebody selling an annuity, whatever, 1-800-TALK-WGY. Give us a call. Hang in. I'll see you in two quick minutes. Stephen Boucher, a certified financial planner, has been counseling clients for over 30 years. Steve has experienced Black Monday in 1987, the credit crisis of 1998, the tech bubble in 2000, and the Great Recession over 10 years ago. Boucher Financial Group is an SEC-registered investment advisor acting as a fiduciary on behalf of their clients. We manage our clients' assets by fee and do not sell investments. We advise our clients on what's best for them, where every part of the relationship is transparent. Corrections and bear markets are part of being invested long-term, and Stephen has built a team of 10 professionals to help guide clients through it all, which includes our service team, led by Angela Says. This Friday... Critics are calling A Quiet Place Part 2 phenomenal. This is the experience theaters were made for. A Quiet Place. Rated PG-13. This Friday. Whatever business you're in, growth isn't just about getting bigger. At ADP, we believe it's about getting stronger. By turning data into insights, so you can build teams that work as teams. By using our AI technology to help catch payroll errors before their errors. And by keeping ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. ADP helps businesses like yours grow stronger every day. ADP, HR talent, time, and payroll. ...who has been with the firm for over 20 years. And Heidi Balicki, our associate wealth advisors, Harmony Wagner and Paolo LaPietra, who are both CFPs, certified financial planners. Our portfolio strategist, David Rath, who is a CFA, chartered financial analyst. And our wealth managers, Ryan Boucher, Marty Shields, and Stephen Cutting. Ryan and Marty are both CFPs. Marty is an accredited investment fiduciary. Ryan and Stephen are both CPAs, certified public accountants, and heading up our family office division. Now this is expertise you can trust. To learn more, visit www.boucher.com. That's B-O-U-C-H-E-Y.com. To schedule a complimentary consultation, call Angie Gavin, our client concierge, at 518-720-3333. That's 518-720-3333. Boucher Financial Group has offices in historic downtown Troy and Saratoga Springs with convenient parking. Thank you for staying with us through the news. Are you ready for the second half of Let's Talk Money? The phone lines are open. 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 1-800-825-5949. Now, here is WGY's financial analyst, Stephen Boucher. Hello and welcome back. Thank you for tuning in for the second half of Let's Talk Money. Thank you for tuning in and taking time out of your day, folks. Our phone numbers, 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. Any questions whatsoever, give me a call. You just heard the introduction to my team and a team that I'm so proud of. And we added a couple new members to the team, which you're going to be hearing about real soon, right after Labor Day. And I'm telling you, I've never, ever, ever been in the position that I'm in, surrounded by such great people. And if you if you want to come in and, and see who we are, what we're about, please give Angie Gavin, my client concierge, a call 
Angie's been with me now 15 years, and she's just wonderful. My wife asked me, I think you love Angie more than you love me, and I really, I got to change the subject because I'm not sure how to answer it. Angie is that, that good. And she takes care of all of our clients. And Angela Sesney, our director of services, just celebrated yesterday, or today, today, 21 years. So, Angela, I'm pretty sure you're listening, sitting out by the pool with your grandchildren, as you deserve to be. You know, when, when she hit 20 years, I let her start taking the weekends off. Um, now that she's 21 years, I'm going to let her take holidays and the weekends off. But in all seriousness, Angela's been with me 21 years, and she is just amazing. Just amazing. Our clients just... I mean, our clients don't think twice. When Angela's involved, Angela is as good as it gets. Probably one of the reasons why Charles Schwab just did a survey again, and over 1,300 wealth management firms in the country, folks, think about this, 1,300 wealth management firms in the country, and we are in the top 65 firms, best managed. Only 65 of those 1,300-plus firms are considered best managed over 100 different factors that go into how they, they, they rate these wealth management firms. That's something that I'm proud of. That's something that doesn't happen without me being surrounded by the team that I'm surrounded by. And as I said, Angela's been with me longer than any of my team members, 21 years, and we wouldn't be where we're at without Angela's guidance and, and assistance. So, Angela, thank you for hanging in there for 21 years. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. Let's go to the phone lines. We have Tom and Esperance. Hello, Tom. Hello, Steve. Thanks for taking the call. Hey, uh, I wonder what your feeling is on emerging markets right now in light of all the volatility. And then I'd like your definition of emerging markets or mm. what area of them might be most lucrative. Yeah, well, so if you've been listening to the show, we we are very underweight emerging markets, thank God. We still have a little bit of the portfolio invested there, and that may change, but we are very underweight emerging markets. We have absolutely no developed international countries in our portfolio, Tom. I keep saying the U.S. is the strongest economy in the world, even though we're a slow-growing economy at the moment. Consistently, there's not too many countries that will be as great of a country as our great country is. We have the most regulated stock market. Things are good when you look fundamentally. Forget the U.S.-China trade war. Forget everything else. Fundamentally. We're putting people to work. They're being paid more average hourly wages. We have historic unemployment lows. Corporate America continues to earn profits, good profits, on the positive side, surprising Wall Street for the good, even with the tariffs in place. Our economy's growing. We have some wrinkles in the cream. We have a debt. Our deficit is is approaching a trillion dollars. That is just crazy. I just wish somebody in Washington would wrap their arms around this and take it on. I, I was hoping this president would, but not even he is touching it. Why they want to kick the can, they continue to kick the can down the road. We have to make changes. We are paying people not to work. We are... We, we are pri- providing so many entitlements. Believe me, folks, people want to feel good about their, their day, and they're not feeling good about sitting home watching TV being paid for. It. They would love to get out there. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for Washington to take on some of the driving forces of our, our why we're in debt as much as we are and why we have to borrow money when China buys our government bonds they're basically buying our, our debt. We're loaning them money, and we have to pay them, or they're loaning us money. We have to pay them interest, and thank God interest rates are low because that means that line item, and it's a big line item in the, in the um, U.S. budget, is, is lower than it will be when interest rates go up. So with all of that being said, 
the U.S. stock market, Tom, I feel very comfortable with. And there was a day when there was a low correlation. For instance, if you were invested in U.S. stocks and maybe if international stocks went up, you were um, it paid to be diversified. Well, those days are over. Thomas Friedman wrote that book, The World is Flat, and it is flat. And the world, we are so connected. So there's not as much correlation as before. When, when basically when we sneeze or when China sneezes, we're going to catch a cold and vice versa. So when you see our stock market go down, the first thing you see overnight are all the other markets go down because our market went down. And it's it's a revolving circle. So I don't feel as comfortable being invested overseas, being the chief investment officer of our firm. I, I, I debate this often with my investment committee because I say, why should we be invested overseas when the U.S. stock market is the dominant stock market at the moment? And I know if you look back through history, there's times when foreign markets do better, but they're not doing better now. They haven't done better in quite some time, about 10 years, to be honest. So there was one year when foreign markets did well, but give me the nine years where the U.S. stock market did better. And that's how I think. I'm always looking to make money for our clients. So I'm okay thinking outside of the box. And my clients know that. They know I have their best interest. Um... At, at heart, as a fiduciary, that's all I care about, and 100% of my money is invested just like their money, so they know that I'm in it with them. With all of that being said, emerging markets on paper look like good values, Tom, but we're still not rushing into them because there's just no reason, especially with the threat of a global slowdown for emerging markets to come roaring back and be a better place to be invested than the U.S. stock market. That's my that's my um, three-minute take on emerging markets. Okay, well, I appreciate it. I mean, I, I'm at 0% invested in them now, but I'm thinking as an option. My hat's off to you. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if it was time to change the thinking because it has been so long since they've had a recovery. Yeah. But well, you I know, guess I'm with you. They will recover. They will. Exactly. Look for signs and then maybe move some money in. But in the meantime, always remember, I think if you look at the S&P 500 index, I think 40% approximately of um, revenue comes from from foreign countries. So in essence, you're getting exposure to those other markets that you're not directly invested in. But I mean, Europe stinks. Jeez, if you think we have a slowdown, Europe has a worse slowdown. And I just, I I, I got tired of, of putting our clients' money just because, you know, Modern portfolio theory one-on-one says you need to be well diversified and you need to have money in all these areas. And I, I remind my investment committee, my job is to make money for my clients. And if I can make more money for my clients in the U.S. stock market, that's where I'm going to be invested until I find red flags for us to be underweight U.S. stocks and be overweight international investments until I see that at the moment, I don't see any of those signs of why I should be invested in developed international countries or put more money into emerging market countries. I don't see any signs whatsoever. And we may take more money out of emerging markets. I mean, the United States, no matter all the headlines we're reading, and even with this U.S.-China trade war, I have to believe that at the end of the day, as painful as it feels, especially a month like this, or even look at the last year, folks. When you look at at the last year, you haven't made any money in the stock market. You haven't made any money whatsoever um, over, over over the last year. Um, you know, the S&P 500 index for the last year, you're down 1%. Over three years, it's a 9% um average return. But for the last year, you're down 1%. Year to date, you're up 14%. So for the last 12 months, you're down 1%, including being up 14% year to date. And that's because we had that 2019, almost 20% correction, October, November, and most of December. But even with all of that, I still feel more comfortable being invested in the 
U.S. stock market than I do anywhere else around the world. And until I see reasons or signs for me to change that tune, that's that's what I'm going with. And that's as chief investment officer. And I'm I, I got a great chartered financial analyst, David Rath, who works with me closely. I tell him he has the most important job, Tom, in the firm because he's he he's doing the research and analysis. He's 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 a smart guy. I've, I've literally surrounded myself by a great team. He's one of the team members that are helping me manage the portfolios, and we look at it almost daily. We're talking about this, but. I don't see any reason to rush into as cheap as they are on paper because their PE is lower than the United States emerging markets. You just have to look for those signs of why should it come roaring back. And until this U.S.-China trade war gets settled, especially because if you look at most emerging market countries, um, the ETFs or mutual funds, usually – the number one country that they're invested in is China. And before I let you go, Tom, you asked me, how do I define emerging markets? Our economy is $22 trillion. China's is $15 trillion. I'm not so sure we should be classifying China as an emerging market anymore, but we do. Anyway, does that help you? I would agree with you there, and I would say this. You're absolutely right. Most of them, that's the first country listed. And, yeah, I don't see, as long as we're in a trade argument with them, that neither one of us are probably going to win. Yep, yep. But, you know, I mean, I guess you just got to sit and wait, but I didn't know if I was missing something. Yep, no. So So, that's my take. It's only my personal take. Believe me, there will be a time when emerging markets outperform the U.S. stock market. But then again, how long will that be? Will it be a month, a year? Will it be a three-, five-year time horizon? If you look over the last... 40 years, yes, there were times like that, but as I said, the world has changed, and I'm going with it. I'm going with the momentum of the U.S. stock market at the moment. All right, sir. Tom, keep listening to find out when you change your mind. And, <laughs> <laughs> and believe me, I'll let you know. I'm I'm like an open book. I I'm I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve, so I'll well, sh- I'll share it with you. Wear your emotions on your sleeve. You yeah. do well. Thank you, we Tom. We appreciate it, Tom. Thank, thank you. you. Bye bye, sir. Bye bye. One eight hundred talk WGY. One eight hundred eight two five five nine four nine. We have Mike in Lake Luzerne. Hello, Mike. Well, hi, Steve. How are you? I see you every weekend. Oh, thank you very much. I know you have better things you can be doing, so truly, I thank you well, for, for listening. Okay. Uh, did you get my question? Nope. Oh, okay. What I want to ask, Steve, I know uh, there's, is this a good time with all this volatility to be invested in a mutual fund or an ETF that invests in gold, silver, and the other commodities? Uh, It's a great question. As I said in the first half of the show, we actually looked at getting into gold earlier in the year, and we we hesitated. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, but I'm not not interested in just playing gold. Nope, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm going to kind of get there. Um, And we kind of hesitated, and a lot of people flock to gold um, because it's a safe asset. But other commodities kind of playing off of my call with Tom a few seconds ago, my my chat with Tom on emerging markets. Commodities do well and emerging markets do well because a lot of emerging markets are buying a lot of those commodities. And when you go back, you think pre the Great Recession that, that, that really started to fall apart in October of 2007, before that time, commodities did unbelievable. Emerging market countries did unbelievable because they were growing through the roof. Um, you know, every time you turn around, it's like watching your, your, your son or daughter, you know, all of a sudden they're an inch taller, they're six inches taller, they're a foot taller. And these emerging market countries were doing just that. And they were buying commodities left and right. China, not only were, was China buying as many commodities as they can buy, they were buying countries, real estate in countries where they can, um, have, resources, their own resources that they didn't have to to rely on anybody else. So until it's almost a great question because it kind of plays into Tom's questions, until you see the rest of the world start turning around, until the headlines are, are we going into a global slowdown? And now the new headlines are, wow, the global economy is growing. 
that's when you're going to see commodities do well because when the global economy is growing, you're going to have countries needing those commodities to grow with it. Now, oil may be one of the the most important commodities, but you know, you look at the price of oil, it was just a few years ago, it was over $100, almost $110 a barrel. And just a year or so ago, it was $28 a barrel. And here we are at $54 a barrel. And a month ago, it was almost $70 a barrel. Talk about a commodity that is like a roller coaster ride. Oil is that commodity. Why does that happen? Supply and demand. You have, if countries build up too much supply, the price of the oil is going to go down because we're flooded with supply. When there's not enough supply, the price of oil is going to go up because people need oil and they're going to pay for it. But also you have to remember the United States used to depend on um, other countries for oil. Now we're one of the biggest exporters of oil. We're, we, we, we produce as much oil as, as anybody in the world. And people are using less oil because they're being more energy efficient. That's just one commodity. So look for, look for the headlines to go from global slowdown to global growth. And I think if, if, if you see that, if you want to dabble in some commodities, look for a broad-based ETF that has a good basket of commodities, not just gold, not just oil. And that would be the time. But right now, I personally, I don't see any reason to be jumping in. Okay, Steve. Thank you very much. Mike, we appreciate the phone call. Thank you. Uh, keep up your good work. Thank you, Mike. I truly appreciate those comments. 1-800-TALK-WGY. 1-800-825-5949. Yes, yeah, believe me, folks, some great questions. I can almost assure you, if you call, whatever your question is, Somebody listening will really be thankful that you asked the question because they may have the same question. They just may be embarrassed to call because they think I'm looking through this mic right at them. Somebody said to me, I joked about it the last time I was on radio, that somebody said to me, I saw you on radio. I said, Jay, gee whiz, I must have a face for radio. I mean, how does that happen? I look into this mic week in, week out since... 1995, almost 30 years I've been doing this radio show, and I love doing it. And I look through this mic, and I often wonder, who's, how many people on the other end of this mic, on the other end of the um, airwaves, are, are out there looking back at me? So when, when they say, I saw you on radio, boy, I, I never realized I had such a face for radio. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. Any questions, folks, give me a call. Please, any questions? Wasn't a pretty week. You know, the United States, China, you know, trade war, trade war, trade war, getting into it. They're really digging their heels into it. President Trump, President um, Xi Jinping. I mean, whatever you say, and I had this conversation yesterday with a pretty smart individual. I have to believe, as painful as it is, and nobody wants to lose money. I have to believe our country is going to come out better for it. This president, President Trump, is bound and determined to make the United States put us on a level playing field. You know, he made a comment. What was the quote earlier in the week? And Kenny, jump in if you can remember it. He said something like, we are not the world's piggy bank, where... Countries just dip into our pockets. We're the piggy bank just giving money out. It has to be more than that. And that's what he's doing with China. China's been eating our lunch for a long time. Why do you think they are the number two economy in the world at $15 trillion? Japan's number three at less than $5 trillion. So we go from the United States at $22 trillion, China at $15 trillion, Japan at less than $5 trillion, and every other country under that. How do you think China got to be as powerful as, as they are? And do we want that country being that powerful? It's a communist country, folks. Don't forget that. Not only are they eating our lunch, they're stealing all of our secrets. And this president's sick and tired of it. And he's got, he's got the, 
you know what he has? He has that, that he'll wait this out. And it's going to be painful. I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. I think when, and I know I said in the first half of the show, if this trade war gets resolved, maybe it's when it gets resolved. Let's hope it's if and when, and it's sooner than later. When this trade war gets resolved, I think this stock market with the fundamentals that we have right now under the umbrella, I think the stock market has room to grow. But in the meantime, it's going to be up and down, up and down, up and down. The month of August has been down. Debbie Downer, let's call August Debbie Downer. August, you're Debbie Downer. We're 5.9% off the all-time highs. It doesn't feel good to be invested, but we'll get through it. And if someday we wake up and there's a tweet that these two presidents, these two leaders of the two strongest economies in the world found a way of resolving this, be careful. You want to be invested for that day. Don't get out before that day because you can't stand losing any more money. You never know when that day is going to come. I always say whenever the market corrects, we don't know when the trigger will be for the market to turn course, reverse itself, and bounce back up. And when that bounces, when that market goes back up, you want to be invested because that's what I call the easy money. We know the market bounces from the low, and it usually, it's, it's, it's pretty swift. It's pretty steep, and you want to be in the market for that. We just never know what's going to trigger that, and that's why if you have a well-diversified portfolio, and I guarantee you you're going to lose money, you can't be spooked out of the markets. You can't be. Don't let the headlines, don't let the bad news bears get to you. Don't let your brother-in-law at the Sunday picnic get to you. They all think they know more than anybody else, but they don't. Nobody has a crystal ball. And that's why Warren Buffett, one of the greatest investors of the world, it's patience, it's discipline. You're in it for the long haul. Use volatility as an opportunity of changing things up, maybe getting into areas that you weren't in before. There's nothing wrong with that. I think the markets are going to be down on Monday. We're going to put cash to work on Monday. We have clients that come in and they give us money. And we'll stretch it out over three or four months. Well, we're going to speed that up. We're going to take advantage of this 6% correction. And I think the markets will probably be down on Monday, but that's okay. Folks, thanks for tuning in. I can't thank you enough. I truly do. Let's hope next week we get some good news. I know um, the big dogs are meeting in France, so let's hope it's a profitable week. In the meantime, stay healthy. Let me help you be wealthy, and I'll see you the next Saturday. Bye-bye. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.